1: And I want to welcome you back to another episode of Sovereign Self. And today we are weaving the spiritual awakening into the fabric of life with Joe Hausman. She is an international live radio talk show host. She's also on Voice America. Yeah. Uh, she is an inspirational speaker and coach, as well as an Amazon best-selling author. She speaks and coaches others to move into the greatness in their life. She wrote and published a book called Go For It A Woman's Guide to Perseverance. The passion she has comes from empowering others to live a, in a positive life. Sorry, life. <laughs> mm-hmm. She speaks to groups about going from grief to great. She is also a media expert and helps businesses expand their brand using media. She's appeared in numerous television, radio, blogs, and podcasts around the world, and she's currently a contributing blogger to HuffPost, and her international radio show airs on Thursday mornings at 10 a.m., and I will be on that show in a week or so, so I'm looking forward to that. Her humor, enthusiasm, and love for God is where her strength comes from, and she is the mom to one adult son and two fur babies. So welcome, Joe. Well, thank you, Sophia Renea. Thank you for having me on today. Yeah,
2: I'm going to put you on my show here in a week or so. <laughs> I'm
1: looking That's forward to that. Great. I'm looking forward to that very much. Me too. So today, I'd like to step back from the the high-powered bio that we just read out, because it is very impressive. And oh, well, maybe, Thank you. Thank you for reading it. Maybe just a hair intimidating. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah,' <laughs> ah. be intimidated
2: by me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so anyway, in light of not being intimidated by you, I'd like to get into a little bit of your backstory and kind of what got you to the point that you're at now. I know you went through an extremely low point in your life. Mm-hmm. And so tell me a little bit what your life was before the low point, and then we'll get into the meat of the matter.
2: Absolutely well. Again, thank you for letting me come on tonight. I think this is great that we're doing Zoom along with Voice America. Might (laughs) have to be something I do for my show in the future. You know, you never know. It's always good to get great new ideas. Um, Anyway, so yeah, when I when I was eleven, we lost my dad. So already at a young age, I experienced loss. But I saw that my mom really picked up the pieces, and she raised me and my two brothers the way her and my dad would have. And I thought, you know, of course, I didn't really know any different, but I thought, I want the love that my mom and dad had is the same love I wanted to find sometime. Little did I know it would result in the same loss that my mother and, our, you know, us as a family had. I was married early on, right, out of college, and that only lasted a couple years. But out of that marriage, I got my wonderful son, Cody, who is now 27. And I was a single mom with him for 10 years. And to say that was some low times financially more than anything, you know, but Mm -hmm. I look back now at that time and I'm just like, oh, you know, I cherish those times. I really, really do. And then we, I was one, I'm pretty brave, or at least people say I'm pretty brave, (laughs) but I moved halfway across the country when my son was just two and a half. Because for a better job and a better life and just something different in my life. Sure. I was 26, 27 years old at the time. Well, anyway, I ended up moving two or three different times and landed in Colorado, where I wanted to always be, and met and married this wonderful man. Uh, his name was Jim. And he became a wonderful stepdad to my son. And just he was just he was just an all-around good guy. A friend of mine had introduced me to him, and you know, I just thought, oh, okay, this is great. And I talked him into moving back here to the Midwest.
1: He was a Colorado native. but I Oh, have look at you go. It's hard uh, to get a Colorado native out of Colorado.
2: I know. I don't know how. It took me two years to do it. But
1: <laughs> Persistence. Was, I'm kind of persistent, and I'm kind of like
2: when I want something, you know, I just work my way to it. A lot of times if you can't go in the front door, you go in the back door, and you make your way to the front. And that's sometimes what I kind of had to do to get him to coming around my way of thinking. But it ended up being a really good thing because all of his family moved out of Colorado within those two-year time frame. Oh, wow. And, yeah, it was just kind of ironic. It wasn't planned, but it was just kind of ironic. So we moved back here to the Midwest because my family was here. And uh, he had had an illness before I met him. So he had had hepatitis C that he got from a tattoo. Sure. Okay. He wasn't a drinker. He wasn't a huge – we drank a couple times, but he wasn't a huge drinker. It was the tattoo, and he had it right here on his chest. So – but he was all in remission, and life was good when we met and married. And probably four or five years after we were married, all of a sudden I started kind of seeing signs that – and we we're already back here in the Midwest. And I started seeing signs that, you know, his perky attitude, his – um, you know, wanting to go play softball, wanting to go, it just wasn't there anymore.
1: Mm-hmm. And of yeah. course, he,
2: he was 10 years older than me, so I thought, like, yeah. well, he's getting older and maybe not as active, but I thought, still, something's not quite right.
1: Sure, yeah.
2: Well, lo and behold, we went and got blood work done and tests done and in November, right at Thanksgiving time of 2007, he was re-diagnosed with his illness, but now this time it was end-stage liver disease.
1: Oh, my.
2: So it came back with a vengeance. And it came back with the end stage again not a not a big drinker at all is all from tattoos and I thought well we're again perseverance optimism you know I said we're going to beat this we're going to you're going to get a new liver I don't really know what all this entails but you're going to do it and I remember the doctor saying you are going to deal with one sick man Mm -hmm. he is going to practically be on his deathbed before he gets a liver Uh. and I said I don't care I'll, you know, I'm going to help him through it. I'll, we'll work through it. At the time, I was—I had a home business. I still do have a home business, but that home business, I was raising my son, who was then a teen. He was about a middle school teen. No, he's a teenager. He's in mm-hmm. high school. And then, of course, then my mom was here, and so I kind of was pulled in all different directions.
1: Yeah, caretaker central, right? <laughs> yeah, caretaker central
2: is a good way of putting it. But yet, I. I, you know, I gravitated toward that. Ironically, back when I was in college, I wanted to be a nurse, but I didn't want to go through all that studying. I'm like, that's just not my gig. <laughs> guess what? Yeah, and guess what? Now I was a nurse, you know? So it kind of comes back could, we're always nurses and, you know, those kind of things because we're always caring for one or the other. But anyway, unfortunately, he did pass away. He succumbed to the illness. He never did get a new liver. It was just to the point that he had a bunch of different ailments that came up along the way that um, he just wasn't able to get it. So my son had graduated in May of 2010, and then Jim passed away in July, and then Cody went off to college, which was a good thing in August, but then I was, you know, left home.
1: Yeah, with the supreme empty nest. Yeah, so
2: I was already already... Get, getting upset because of the empty nest syndrome, but then the death on top of it. So I was really trying to figure out my way and trying to figure out how I'm gonna, how I'm gonna come back, how I'm gonna survive. What am I gonna do? And I am mm. like an extrovert, so working from home and not having a lot of social
1: life and getting yeah.
2: out. And yes, yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely.
2: So that I really had to learn to pick up the pieces after that. Then that's you know you just do you have to no matter what circumstance you're in you have to pick up the pieces and you have to keep moving forward and we have and I have and we have as a family and you know what I what I say is out of grief comes greatness but you still I always will remember my husband because he was he's, was such a big part of our life. Matter of fact, my son's getting married in a few months and he's going to have a picture of my late husband at his wedding.
1: Oh, congratulations. Thank you. I don't want to gloss over this because grief can be a really profoundly disabling thing for people,
2: McKinley. especially
1: when it's someone very close and very well loved.
2: Yes, absolutely. So
1: tell me a little bit about your darkest moments and how you made your way through those what what was it that you held on to
2: you know I always I'm the eternal optimist so I always held on to the fact that he was going to get a new liver Mm -hmm. I researched it I even checked to see if I could give part because with a liver you can always give part of your liver so I researched it I got tested I wasn't I wasn't a match but I kind of reached out to some other people, but I, I didn't feel comfortable asking people. I just didn't feel comfortable doing that. And one thing Jim always said, and that was my husband, he said, I just want to go home. I just want to go home. And I'd be like, but you are home. And he said, no, I want to go home to heaven.
1: Oh. And I
2: said, well, not on my watch. You're not going to go home to heaven. <laughs> oh,
1: my God, you're not. You're well, here like, with me.
2: Uh, this is my story, not yours, you know. but. <laughs> it was, I had to respect that too. So I had, cause he'd be like, no, don't, you know, don't do that. I just want to go home. And I, I, of course I've never been that sick before, but I, I guess I could see where he was coming from that being that sick, it's hard to maybe know, know any other way. And I don't know, I guess I don't know. Cause I've never been that sick. So,
1: yeah, you get really really tired and and downtrodden. Yeah. I know my my bonus mom, she didn't yeah. ever want to be called a stepmom. Right. Um, she when she was getting down to the end, there was one day she looked at me and she's like, "I'm 86 years old." Mhm. You know, why am I fighting this? Mhm.
2: Yeah, and Jim was only 53. Mm-hmm. It was just not even a month after his 53rd birthday. And he was, again, 10 years older than me. So the final straw came, and we had to go, because here, now we do liver transplants now, but at that time, nobody around my area did liver transplants. And he was at the VA, Veterans Administration Hospital. and So they said, you have to pick a hospital where you want to go, either Pittsburgh or Portland. And he said, he was a big football fan, big Denver Bronco fan. So he said, well, I want to go to Pittsburgh because they have Steelers and they play the Broncos. I guess I don't really know. <laughs> <laughs> so I said okay,
1: all right, like, what? whatever,
2: <laughs> whatever. It's his choice, you know. So we ended up going out to Pittsburgh, and during that time, we, you know, there's pre we had to go out there and he had to get tested and those type of things. And then when he got tra- he got transferred out there on his birthday, June twenty fourth, two thousand ten, and they said you are now, which is ironically, you're sick enough now to get the transplant. Which is something you don't really want, but yet you want it. You want them, you know, It's kind of hard to even describe, but yet you have to be sick enough, and there's a number associated with that with the transplant list. And so, so he was transferred out to Pittsburgh, and I don't two two weeks maybe later. They, I think, the final straw came when the final realization that I that I knew he wasn't going to get it is when they said, he's not going to get it. He's not going to get the transplant. And I said, what do you mean he's not going to get it? That's why we're here. He deserves a transplant. But he had um, um, the – I can't remember now. But anyway, his memory and his brain had just kind of quit functioning. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so then we – you know, then I was like, okay, I get it. Because when I first got there, he was vocal. And then when toward mm, probably a week, probably a day or two, he kind of slowly but surely quit talking
1: Mm-hmm. and yeah, then and it the was just toxins start to build up toxins and
2: build up yeah and then there was n- nothing left so and they said really there was no brainwave activity left at the end and huh. so when we were out in Pittsburgh they said to me you have a decision to make do you want him to die here or do you want him to die back in South Dakota wow and I was like well, how do you even make that decision
1: yeah, yeah. that's a challenging one
2: yeah so how so,
1: do you make that decision
2: well, at that point, I did not like Pittsburgh. I still don't really like Pittsburgh. And I said, no, he will fly home to South Dakota. And that is where he will depart this earth. And if he makes a trip home, you know, because that was also a consideration. Then he had to make the trip home. And he, But he did. He came home on Tuesday, which was July 13th or so. And then I said, you know, a couple of days later, on that Friday, I said, on they had hooked him up to all the machines and kept him alive and they said you know it's time for us to remove the machines I said you can't his mom is flying in tonight we have to keep him alive so his mom could see him and they said no we have to remove the machines I said so I got right really close to Jim and I said whatever you do please hang on because your mom is coming you know right and she did she made it and then he died the next day which was one day before my birthday so wow. I was 42, and the next day I, I was 43. So, yeah, it, that those last few weeks of his life is when reality hit me hardest,
1: sure. and
2: I had to figure out, crap, now what am I going to do?
1: Yeah, you know? yeah, Continue.
2: it was that was probably the hardest time in my whole life.
1: That is really some heavy, intense stuff right there.
2: And to tell to to say to you, you know, where do you want him to die here or in South Dakota? I was like. I don't know. And then when they wanted to remove him from life support, and I said, no, his mom is coming, you know, she was flying from Texas, and she wasn't in good health. And I said, you just, you have to hold on until your mom comes. And he was, he did it. He held on.
1: Isn't that something? Mm Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, because he was, he was mama's boy.
1: Yeah, not going to go without saying goodbye to mom. (laughs) Right,
2: right, exactly. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. He was a great guy really was. Mm,
1: and that was some really challenging times. So what was it that you were holding on to as you're moving through these really dark moments? You know, I,
2: I don't know. Hey, to be honest with you, I just remember saying, bring it on. Because not only that, that summer, my son back in June had major jaw surgery. He ended up having a big infection. That surgery was three hours away from our home. So we went, ended up going back and forth to that city for 10 times that summer. Holy Um And yeah, my computer broke, our garage got broken into, and my air conditioner broke down on the hottest weekend of the year, of the summer, which was like two or three weeks after Jim died. Yes, of course. I said, you know what, bring it on. Just keep bringing it on. Eventually this is all just going to pass. It's all, you know, going to settle down, which it did. But you just wake up every day. And you put one foot in front of the other, and you just go. And I just kept saying, "Bring it on!" I didn't know when the crap was going to end. I just kept going, "Bring it on! Just bring it! I can handle this. I don't know how or when or how or I'm going to do it, but I'll just do it. I'm going to find a way. I'm find a way." And that's where I get my go for it attitude. You just have to go for it. You know, you just have to persevere.
1: Very nice. So we are winding down towards break here. Mm-hmm. And I want to hear more about how you pulled out of this pile of crap that has (laughs) been pounding up on you. Yes, yes, (laughs) it was piling up too, pretty good. (laughs) Very much, but we will have to do that after the break.
2: sounds good. We will
1: go hear from our lovely commercial sponsors, and we will see you all back here in just a matter of moments.
3: and get amplified.
4: Financial freedom and money are subjects that many people are uncomfortable discussing. These don't have to be. Listen for Money, Mindset and Love with Thomas DeShooter. We're all about sharing ideas with tips, amazing guests, and input from you, the listeners. It's time to dream big and help each other reach our goals. Not only will you get closer to financial freedom, but you'll learn more about spirituality, work-life balance, and empowerment. Listen live Thursdays at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern, on Voice America Influencers. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel.
1: Well, thank you for hanging in through the break with us. We are talking to Joe Hausman this afternoon about how she went from grief to great. And if you don't get a chance to call in and talk to us live today, we are continuing this discussion over on Facebook. You can connect with us on Facebook in Transformation Space. You can reach out to me on Facebook at Sophia Renea, the Z-O-F-I-A-R-E-N-N-E-A, and uh, Joe's Facebook handle is Coaching with Joe. That's J O 1. Coaching with Joe 1. Yep. So we are back, Joe. And we had left off with you basically putting your husband in the ground mm-hmm. and trying to cope with all of the stuff that fell out of that. And right. There was a whole lot of peripheral stuff that went with it. Um, that was a crazy summer. Yeah. And I I was struck by the invitations that came to you out mm-hmm. of that. And I'd love to explore that part of your story. So you're working from home. You're in the house with an air conditioner that doesn't work.
2: I did get <laughs> fit. <fixed. fly>. Yeah. Lie. <laughs> Got my computer fit. Oh, and my wash machine broke too. I forgot to wash machine Exactly. So how did you begin to
1: bootstrap your way out of this?
2: Well, one step at a time, really. It, you know, you just... you you don't do everything all at once. If you did everything all at once, you'd be like, Oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. So what what I'm
1: doing wrong. I know.
2: I remember that. I can't remember if it was the, my birthday or the next day. I think it was the next, I don't, it doesn't matter, but we went looking for a wash machine because my wash machine also broke, but it was, it was my birthday, I guess it was my birthday. And it was the day after Jim died. And my friends just wanted to get me out. They just want me to just maybe kind of get out. And God bless them. But if anybody has experienced grief and anybody has experienced loss, I couldn't hardly walk through a store.
1: Yeah, so shopping was, for a washing machine is the last thing you want yeah.
2: to. Yeah, and I thought I was going to pass out, to be honest with you. And I I remember we walked through a Sears store, and I said, just get me out of here. i got to go get some fresh air. I just have to get out of here, you know. And then we went, and then I thought, because I was trying to always, like, okay, I can do this, I can do this. So we went to another department store and I said just give me that washing machine. I don't even care, just give me that. I don't care how it works, just give it to me. And so <laughs> that's what we did. I don't know how I don't even remember when the washing machine came and it's just everything kind of rolled into one, you know. Mm-hmm. But I had I had my computer fixed right away and then my air conditioner, thankfully, I live in a small enough town and I know the owners of the local heating and air and my neighbor works there. So she was gracious enough, and they got me a guy to come because that happened on the hottest set Friday. Of course, it happened on a Friday night, Saturday morning. The guy was here to replace it. So oh, hallelujah! Oh, hallelujah is right because other than that, I you know it was just it's just a blessing. Every step of the way is a blessing, and every step of the way you know who your true friends and partners are in life because they're there with you. They're there to you know check up on you and to really guide you through the next steps. Because you don't know. I didn't know where I was going, where I was going. I just had to do one day at a time. And what I tell people, do one day at a time. If that's too much, you do an hour at a time. If that's too much, you do a minute at a time. But then you celebrate those small victories.
1: Mm -hmm. You know,
2: whatever it is you like to do, sit down and read a chapter in a book or go buy yourself a whatever, whatever it is, but celebrate those small victories because that's what we have to do in life is keep celebrating life even though we're going through a lot of grief. And yeah. that's what I decided to do. I decided to really kind of get out and go um, meet with people at the coffee houses and just kind of start slowly. I did not, for a long time, I didn't want to go see anybody. I didn't want anybody going, oh, we're so sorry, you know. I didn't want the sympathy thing going on. Yeah. But I, if I would go meet somebody one-on-one, then I was okay. And But if there's a large group of people around, I didn't. And normally I would be like totally opposite. I'm like, yeah, I love large groups of people. (laughs) Bring them on. Yeah, at that point in my life, I didn't want anything to do with it. So, yeah. And that's really how slowly but surely, you know, you just work your way into it. I remember a gal that I had. We had kind of, we're virtually virtual work partners, Mm -hmm. and we worked for the same client. And she called me up one day. It was a Monday morning. I tell her this all the time. I said, I tell the story all the time. We talked for three hours. And she had told me her life story, which I had no idea about. And then of course I she knew about Jim and everything that was going on. But we talked for three hours and just her knowledge and her wisdom and kinda almost acting a friend, you know, mentor, those type of things. Because I never liked to be called a widow. And lots of people that came would go, oh, now we're widows. I'm like, I don't want to be called a widow. And yeah. that's just, I'm 43 years old. I don't want to be called a widow. Anymore.
1: I'm not old enough to be a widow. Thank you. Yeah, that's right.
2: And my mom was 41 when she was a widow, you know, and I'm just like, this, this, this bites. I just, this is not what I want in life, but it is, you know, it is the cards that are handed. And then we just move on. So just slowly but surely, one day at a time, one minute at a time, one hour at a time, one day at a time. And like I said, you get up and you just put one foot in front of the other and you just embrace the day.
1: Yeah, and you accept the next invitation, even if it is to go out and get a washing machine, it's yours.
2: <laughs> yeah, and you're just like, no, I don't want anything to do with this. But I knew I needed a washing machine because I didn't want to go to the laundromat either. So I'm just like, just give me, give me that one night. That- eventually I changed it around you know but it just took some time it took some because grief takes a lot out of you a lot of people don't realize that the stress and the fatigue that stress can do to you and what grief can do to you you know nothing is as final as death death is final it's raw and it's real And, and what I tell people is you have to give yourself time to grieve none of us are the same none of us grieve the same way and some people, it takes longer. Some people kind of jump back into their normal activities, whereas in reality, nothing's normal. You're creating your new normal every day. Mm-hmm. And I had to do the same thing. I didn't like it. I was like, I want to go back to the way it used to be, but yet you can't. So mm-hmm. you have to take that and you just have to keep moving forward. Exactly. And accept, accept it and make it the best that you can.
1: So what was your next invitation back into life?
2: Oh, boy. Um, well, my next invitation was going back to work. Mm-hmm. I, my, my client, as a virtual assistant, I had my own very successful virtual assistant business at that time. My clients were very, very good to me. They said, you come back when you want. And you know, I started back just part-time for a while, two or three weeks, and then I went back in the full-time. They were excellent to me, and I've said that all along. You, I could not have asked for better clients. Well, then I wholeheartedly, for years, I wanted my master's degree. And so I thought, well, my son's off at college, and this this would give me something to do for a while. I can go to classes <laughs> at night. So I looked into my one of my local universities, and they had offered the um, MBA that I wanted, my master's degree that I wanted. I uh, thought, well, what the heck?
4: <laughs> <laughs> might as might well.
2: In, might as well jump into that. Little did I know I was gonna have to take some undergrad classes that I had never you know, I did not take when I was getting my undergrad. So in January I started back to school and I started with accounting of all things.
1: Oh and my I goodness.
2: Take a marketing class. But and I took those with undergrads. So basically my son's age, you know, students and a little bit, you know, they were, my son was a freshman and then a little bit old. Now we did not go to the same school. He went to a different one. But those kids, I call them kids still because they are kids to me, they gave me so much life and so much more vitality that I was just so inspired by them. It was just so much fun to see how much energy they had, even in the morning class, because not not a lot of them had energy in the morning. But just to hear what they were talking about, you know, it's just that they have so much life to them, and they have their whole life to look forward to. That gave me a lot of inspiration and a lot of like, Okay, I can do this, you know. Yeah, and then they're just kind of and renewal. Yeah, renewal. I think that's a good yeah. word. It's renewal. And then they would ask me questions, you know, I kinda of acted like their surrogate mother. And it was really fun. It was it was really kind of brought me back and they had no idea. They didn't have any idea that I had just lost my husband and but they just
1: considered me kind of their surrogate mom, I guess. Yeah. And what was your next step after that? What was the next invitation that came?
2: So my next invitation after that is something – oh, and I did graduate with my master's degree. So my son and I actually graduated a week apart from each other in 2014. Wow. Yeah, he graduated with his undergrad, and I graduated with my master's degree. That was really – that was in 2014, and that was just – that was awesome. But in 2011 now, we're in the spring, I was approached to run for city council in my local city. I'm like, right? No, I've never been to a meeting. Why would I ever do? Why would I do that? I've never done that before. And
1: exactly. And who gets invited to do that, right? Usually. Yeah, who gets invited.
2: Normally people would be like, sure, I'll go do that. I'm like, all right, well, I can go sit in a couple meetings. And I can see what it's like to do that. Well, guess what? Eight years ago, I did that. And <laughs> guess what? It's I'm still doing it today. My term is actually up now this spring. So, um, you know, making that decision to run again. But it's that you just never know. Mm -hmm. I was in a position at that point in my life that I would be open to it. A year prior to that, I would have never been open to it. Never. But I could not realize, nor could I still even realize to this day, how my life changed in a year. How I went from a full household to an empty household to going back and getting my master's, sitting on city council... Then a year later, I was invited to run for House of Representatives for our state, which, of course, I did.
1: Could <sighs> <at> you go. <laughs>
2: because, you know, why not? I did not win that race, but it was really good experience and really good exposure. Nothing says stepping outside your comfort zone as you have these big posters and billboard things with your picture all over the place. (laughs) And it's no secret what you're trying to do. (laughs) That's right. And I'm an extrovert, but I'm also an introvert. I don't like, that's kind of a lot for me. Like that's like really putting yourself out there. But I did it and I'm really glad now that I did it. And I'm glad that I had that experience doing it.
1: That's awesome.
2: Yeah, it's you just never know. But again, you have to be open to the experiences. You have to be open and ready. You know, when the student is ready, the teacher appears, and you just have to be open and being able to let those experiences come in and let those invitations come in. Because, mm-hmm. again, a year before that, I would have said no to everything.
1: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So now you're becoming involved in the community and and making it a better place, having some influence over the decisions that are made regarding public policy. Right. What was the next invitation that came along?
2: Well, the next invitation that came along was writing the book. So my son had come home from college, and he had brought he had brought and bought me this book by two gentlemen who were widowers. So I got it for Mother's Day, and I don't remember what year it was, 2012, 2013, but... he said, Mom, we should write a book about our experiences. Because this book was from these two widowers about their experience becoming widowers. Mm -hmm. And I really had kind of tucked it in the back of my head and go, yeah, maybe we should. You know, I just, I don't know, maybe. But I didn't know a publisher. I didn't, I, you know, back when I was in college, I used to write poems and those type of things. But never, and I liked writing, but I, I never considered myself an author. Well, lo and behold... Again, the universe talks, and I was having coffee with a gentleman in our community, and he was actually, him and his wife owned a different company, and we're talking about that company, and I said, you know, I talked about maybe writing a book, and he goes, oh, well, I know this publisher. Here you go. And he whipped out his business card, and I'm like. Oh, Oh, well, look at that. Wow. I'm like, well, all right, then. Excuse removed. (laughs) Exactly. So. Sure enough, I contacted that publisher. Plus, I did, I did do my due diligence. And I contacted a couple other ones. And when I contacted this one publisher, he said, you know, you're just not quite ready yet. You really have to hone in on what it is you want to write about and, you know, really think about who your target audience is. He really gave me a lot of great insight of what I should do. Right. Like, that's fine. I'm in no hurry. No worries. And about a year, year and a half later, I had went to a retreat, and so I went to this retreat that just kind of opened up my boundaries, kind of step outside your boundaries. Mm-hmm. And they said, you know, if there's something you're really wanting to do, you should really try to focus in on that. And at the same time, I was being told by other people, you should really start journaling. Oh, that was another thing. You should start journaling. You should really start writing down stuff that happened. And I'm like, I don't know. I really don't know about this journaling thing, and uh, that's kind of scares me. So I really, I'm right
1: there with you. I'm not a journaling fan either.
2: <laughs> but I started doing it, and I use those journal notes to turn it into my book. Now, I still journal, but I still I have to force myself, maybe is a good word to say. Structure. I make myself, structure myself. Yes. I have to structure that into the day. But I do, and I'm glad I do because that, like I said, that worked into my first book.
1: Very nice. So
2: Yeah. And which has became an international bestseller on Amazon three years ago already, and I'm still selling it today.
1: Isn't that something? Time flies, doesn't it? Does. It?
2: it does. It oh, flies really.
1: Goodness. <laughs> it's crazy. So what is? What's the next invitation that came after the book? At what point did you shift from being a VA?
2: Yep. So I shifted from being a VA back in mm, 2013, 2014. Well, I really shifted out of the VA realm. I went and started a little business, a little, because I want, I'm like, I'm going to get out of the house. I'm done with my master's degree. Now I'm going to get out of the house. I started a little storefront. Mm. It was called JoJo's Closet at the time, and it was a vendor booth rental, but I first started a U-Haul business. Oh. So the U-Haul business and JoJo's, JoJo's Closet was all in the same, because I wanted something. I wanted something to be out with the public. I wanted to do, you know, I wanted to be with people. Well, I did that for two years, and then I ended up selling it. Not the U-Haul, but I ended up selling the business. And then I came back home because now the book was published, and I was out speaking. So I was out doing a lot of TV interviews, and I was going across the country speaking, which I still do. And I thought, you know, there's something to this book. There's something to this speaking thing. I really need to work on that and hone in on that and really go after it. So I like I said, I sold the company in July of sixteen and then came back home and now I've been doing this ever since
1: very nice
2: yeah it's kind of a all around type of thing <laughs>
1: <laughs> now not everybody who publishes a book automatically ends up on the speaking circuit so how did that come about?
2: no you know I with our with the publisher that I used, we could, you know, I was following a lot of the other people that were authors ahead of me. So I was really watching what they do. I'm really good about that. If there's something I really hone in on, I sit and I watch. Now, I won't say a lot of stuff, but I'll sit and I'll watch. And so I was watching them, and then I saw where they were speaking at. And then I would contact those people saying, hey, I also have a best-selling book, or I also do this, this, or this. So from there, that's where the speaking came into play. I started actually speaking locally at my church, and then it expanded. And, you know, in a couple months, I'm speaking to a couple women's groups locally. And then in a couple more months, I'll be traveling, you know, to uh, California and some other places. So, but I really started watching what other people were doing. And that's really how the speaking started.
1: Isn't that something? It's amazing what you can learn when you stop being busy and you sit down and you observe. And you watch.
2: Yeah, observe and watch and just keep your mouth shut. (laughs) Which is hard for me sometimes.
1: (laughs) Well, understandably so. I have that little challenge myself from time to time. So we are coming up on our next break here. Uh, If you would like to continue the conversation with us after the show today, You can uh, find us on Instagram at Zofia Renea, Z-O-F-I-A-R-E-N-N-E-A, and joe.houseman on Mm -hmm. Instagram. And we are going to go off to our break, and we hope to see you back here in a few minutes.
4: Talk Radio is broadcast live Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in every week to the Voice America Influencers Channel for The Movement with Shannon D. Hughes. It's all about what's happened in the past that determines the future. Everyone has their up moments and their down moments. The pendulum is always swinging between the victories and the pitfalls in our lives. But each of these serves as success points that we learn from and move forward. Listen for The Movement every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel.
3: Influencers Channel.
4: Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel.
0: You are listening to Sovereign Self. With Sophia Renea Morales. We'd love to hear from you on the show today. Call in to 1 866 472 5795. Again, that's 1 866 472 5795. Or if you'd prefer, send an email to AskSophia at Transformationspace.co. Now, back to Sovereign Self.
1: Thank you for hanging in, and we're back again. So we're talking to Joe Hausman, and we've been following the invitations that she's been receiving to move back into life, and we've got her fully reengaged at this point.
2: <laughs> Over the course of like eight years,
1: yeah. <laughs> In ways you hadn't previously imagined, is that true? Well, I'm sorry. What would you say? In ways you hadn't previously
2: imagined. Oh my goodness! If somebody would have told me this is what I'd be doing at my age, I, I would have. I would have said no. Forget it. That that's you know. But I knew early on that I was not a typical 8 to fiver. You know, I was not a typical person that could sit behind a desk 8-to-5. I just couldn't do it. Why well, I, I had to do it, you know, for a long time. But So now I make my own way.
1: So the lifestyle that you're talking about, you know, running around and, and doing lots of speaking and coaching and all of this kind of stuff, it can take a lot of energy. Where do you get all of your passion and your drive from?
2: It can take a lot of energy. And actually I will state, you know, these past probably several months, I've kind of taken a break from it for a little bit, just because of the fact that, first of all, (laughs) traveling during the winter time in the Midwest isn't always fun, but I still love it. I mean, I I love doing it, but it really, my son's getting married here in several months and I really am trying to concentrate more on the family and, you know, being, being here and being available. Not that I wasn't ever available before, but I was gone quite a bit. And so now I really just want to be available and be here at all times, you know, in case they need me for anything, which is fantastic. It's a it's a good thing, you know, it's a really good thing. So
1: absolutely. I'm you know, really
2: looking forward to that. The
1: the one thing I didn't ask you about before the break, because we talked about how you got into the speaking, but how did you move into talk radio?
2: Well, that's a good question, too. (laughs) (laughs) I
1: am a bottomless font of those. (laughs) You really are really good.
2: I'm so used to asking the questions. That's hard. I'm like, oh, that's right. She's asking me questions. So how I got into talk radio is back, going back in my really far past, actually, when I was in seventh and eighth grade, I wanted to be a radio DJ. Okay, so I would listen to the DJ and I would do, be, like dream of you know the headphones being on and I couldn't wait to be a DJ. Well, I knew I had to go to school for communications.
1: Do you think I went to school for communications? Uh, probably the same school you went to for nursing. Right, exactly. <laughs> I
2: went for human services because I found out radio DJs do not make a lot of money.
1: <gasps> no,
2: so I know. It's not so. So I went to human services, which also doesn't make a lot of money. And although you're still giving yourself, you're giving back, and you're helping people, which I absolutely loved. And I thought to myself, well, there still is that little inkling that I wanted to be on radio. So I was out speaking at an event, and there was a gal there that has a Voice America show. And I said, well, I want that. How do I do that? Yeah. Because if that's something I want, I know I need to go after it. Again, found out what it was, where it was, and I started doing my investigation because I do that a lot. You know, I'll just sit back and I'll, you know, do my investigation on whatever it is. Found out Voice America was the longest-running live radio internet show since 1999, and I said, that's something I can do.
1: That's a track record that's worthwhile.
2: That's right. You know, here's 20 years here pretty soon. Well, now I guess, and. I wanted that live interaction. You know, a lot of people have podcasts. A lot of people, you know, podcasts are a big thing, but I'm always somebody that wants something different. I want something that not a lot of other people are doing. Mm -hmm. So I wanted a a live show, and I love on my live show when people call in or they'll text me or they'll email me, and I'm able to give out the, you know, questions to the guest expert or whatever the case may be. And then I will connect people together. So if somebody's listening to the show and they – for some reason can't connect with the guest. they'll connect with me and then I'll connect them to my guest expert. And it's just, uh, it's so awesome. I've been doing it two and a half years now. And it's probably one of the, one of the better things I've done. And I just, I absolutely love it.
1: Wonderful. Mm-hmm. I know I'm loving it myself. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. And you're good at it. You should keep at it. Well, I thank you. I plan to. Yeah, good. We, we already have plans for the second season. <laughs> Good, 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 good. That's awesome. <laughs> so I, I definitely want my listeners to take some useful tips away with them today. Do you have a couple, three tips you might be able to share with our folks here around wow. persistence and recovering from grief?
2: Absolutely. Well, and I've already said one of them is really take a day at a time. And if, if that's too much, you take an hour at a time. If that's too much, you take a minute at a time. But really, just c- and c- celebrate those small victories because they can be, they can be small, but they can also be big victories. Really, they can be because we never know how strong we are until strong is the only thing that's got us going.
1: Yeah. You know,
2: we just never know what's going to be flying at
1: us. is true?
2: I sit on city council. <laughs> <laughs> so,
1: but, but the other thing that I've noticed, and I'm sure you probably observed this as well um, happiness is not a destination. No. It's not, I will be happy when I get my degree, right. when I get married, when I own right. my house, when I have my kids, when my business reaches a certain point. Right. Happiness is something you cultivate along the way.
2: It is. And when I decided that, in, back when I married my husband, he was very positive, and I've always been very optimistic. I've always been a happy person, but he was like, oh, really positive, and I thought, well, if he can do it, because he would wake up every day and say, today's a positive, awesome day, I'm like, well, it's okay. You know, I mean, whatever, but I started going to classes about trying to remain positive and really, you know, re- rethink things to instead of always being negative to turn them into a positive. So I remember sitting at a store, and I was waiting in line, and I was kind of getting anxious. I want to get going, and I I had to stop, be present with myself, and say, you know what? I'm glad I woke up today.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. I'm glad I'm able to shop today. I'm glad I have the money to shop today. And just stop, you know, what I was doing, stop thinking about all the negative and turn it around into a positive. And ever since then, I really have tried to live my life that way, yeah. And have tried to live my life in the positive instead of because when we're negative and, and crap happens, it happens to all of us, but it just it brings your energy down and your shoulders are weighed down and your body slumps over. But if you can start saying the positive things, you start lifting yourself up and your head lifts up and your whole energy in your body starts, you know, getting better. And when my husband was sick, I was also sick. And they couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. Well, guess what? It was stress. Yeah. And it was a lot of the stuff going on. And I was going to kickboxing, and I was working out all the time, which helped. But my body was just saying, Sister, you've had enough.
1: Mm. Yeah, it's time to dial this down just right. a little bit.
2: Dial you it know. down. So I, and, that's, and I'm not one to dial it down. Normally, I like to go, 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 go. And I really had to learn. Mm-hmm. And I think, unfortunately for all of us, Whatever that position is, we have to learn to do that. And life will tell you to do it if you like it or not.
1: Well, and one of the things I loved about your example was it wasn't just positive thinking, but there was also a gratitude practice in there that was happening at the same time. I'm grateful to be here, to be Mm -hmm. able to shop, to have the money to get the things that I want and need in my life.
2: Absolutely. And I'm forever grateful. I'm forever grateful for my friends and my family and, you know, the goodness and the bad that comes because out of the bad, that's where we learn our lessons. And not that I would want anybody to ever experience losing a spouse or losing anybody close, but unfortunately it happens to all of us. But it's that gratitude that we have and that we can share now to others is really, is a a big thing for me, especially. I like to be grateful for other people and also for myself and for
1: things that I have and things actually that I don't have. Yes. And are there any additional tips? I think we gave them two, roughly. So the third tip is,
2: well, I never knew how to meditate before, really. I mean, I had to go on YouTube and figure out how to meditate. And really, if you could just, I do it, I probably don't do it as often as I can, but in my, at the times of the lowest point in my life, that's exactly what I did. I just got quiet. I've learned to read, which I never did that before. I, so I really take time for myself now and try to take time for, you know, um, make myself better. And a lot of people go, oh, well, I don't like to read. Okay, well, watch YouTube, you know. Set a timer on your phone for five minutes and watch something on YouTube or read or whatever's going to make you happy. Whatever can bring you to the next step. And that's, I had to learn to do it myself. I didn't like reading, but I wanted to read and I wanted
1: to read more. So that's what I did. Very nice. So, I know you had planned to offer a gift to our folks, our listeners today. I do. So, if anybody, because I do coaching, so I help
2: people, you know, go for that, go from really for that, wherever you're at in your life now, to greatness. So, I want to offer a 30-minute free go-for-it session that really try to figure out what you want in your life, and let's talk about it, and let's get you going to the next step. Because life is worth living, it's, you know, there's so much sadness and grief in this world, but if we can turn that around and really make that a valuable piece that we can give back to others, it's a great thing.
1: Yes, it is. It's a beautiful thing. It so is. if uh, some of our listeners feel moved to take you up on that offer, what's the best way for them to participate in that?
2: Yeah, absolutely. You can go to my website, johosman.com. Now, I'm the female Joes, what I tell everybody, which I am. So it's www.johasman, H-A-U-S as in Sam, M-A-N. So H-A-U-S-M-A-N. Or you can reach out to me at Facebook, which facebook.com forward slash coaching with Joe. Again, that's J-O. Then the number one, coaching with Joe one.
1: Beautiful. So as we're wrapping up, um, what is it that inspires you on a daily basis to get up and go for it?
2: I always want people to be bigger, better, bolder, and stronger with each and every day. And that's why I say at the end of my radio show, and that's why I say at the end of my uh, talk, but also, we are stronger than what we give ourselves credit for. Each and every one of us are stronger than what we give ourselves credit for. So it gets me up and gets me going every day to see how many people that I can hopefully and prayfully be able to give back and give back some positivity or some guidance in their life that they can live a better
1: life. Hmm, that's wonderful. Mm. gives me chills. <laughs> well, thank you, Sophia. Thank you for having me on today, too. This oh, it's great. been a blast. I'm looking yeah. forward to our show coming up in, what, a week and a half, I think it is? A week and a half. You're going to
2: be on my yeah. show. Woo!
1: <laughs> yep. And then you'll get to go back into your usual mode. I know. Then
2: I can go back into my usual mode of asking the questions,
1: which is <laughs> good. <laughs> hmm... So let's see. Do you have any last thoughts you'd like to share with our visitors? We've got about 60 seconds left.
2: Absolutely. Well, again, like I said, I want you to be bigger, better, bolder, and stronger with each and every day. And so, you know and go out and show some kindness along the way. Give a smile to somebody. We never know what people are going through. So if you can give a smile to, you know, somebody, you never know how that's going to brighten up their day. So be, be helpful to other people.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's lovely. I know I love doing the, the little unexpected acts of kindness. Me too. Absolutely. Um, it's, you know, somebody's lunch. You do it. Yep. Or whatever it is. It always makes me feel like glowy inside. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Thank you so much for being with me today, Joe.
2: Thank you for having me, and I look forward to
1: having you on my show on February 7th. Perfect. We will see All you right. then. See you then. Bye. So next week we will actually have a sales executive turned writer who will be with us. And she has a very interesting story that I know y'all will want to tune in for. So we will talk with Maura O'Leary next week. As always, we can continue this conversation on Facebook at uh, the transformation space page, or you can find me at Sophia Renea on Facebook. And I look forward to talking to y'all next week. And until then,